What's up, party people? You know one of the worst things about being a self-employed performer? That's right, it's your tax. If you're sick and tired of collecting all your receipts and guessing your way through your tax rebate, well, I know the people that can remove the stress and make it as simple as five, six, seven, eight. That's right, it's Theat Accounts. They're an accounting company that specialize in working with performers. So they know all the things that we can claim back and it's so simple. You upload your invoices and bank statements to their website and they do all the work for you. It's cheap, it's easy, and once you try it, I guarantee you will not regret it. It has changed my tax life. Just email info at theataccounts.co.uk. That's theat, T-H-E-A-T, accounts. So again, that's info at theataccounts.co.uk. Make sure you tell them you're from the Ins and Outs podcast and you'll get some five-star VIP treatment. You will get treated like a king. Honestly, they've changed my life. They've made it so much easier. They've removed the stress from tax and they can do the same for you. Boom. What's up guys? Recently I've been working with an incredible company called Quiet Media. Quiet Media create beautiful video reels, vocal reels, self-tapes, music videos and many, many more. So if you're looking to capture your idea on a video or via audio, then Quiet Media is for you. Go to quietmedia.co.uk or find them on Instagram at quiet underscore media. That's quietmedia.co.uk or at quiet underscore media. Also, don't forget to tell them that you're from the Ins and Outs podcast to receive that special luxury treatment. I promise you, you will not regret investing in this company to help you capture your imagination or your creativity. That's quietmedia.co.uk. Pow. The Ins and Outs podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs podcast, I speak to my childhood friend, B-Boy Reckless, Lee Crowley. Uh, we have a great catch-up. We talk about the good old days. We get some nostalgia. We talk about the good times. Um, we reminisce. We give some memories. And uh, just a general all-round catch-up, as I haven't spoke to Lee in quite a while. Um, he tells us what he's been up to. Talks a bit about his life as a, a B-Boy and how you make a living as a B-Boy. Um, towards the end of the podcast, he tells us a, a really inspiring story, so make sure you stay there for that. Um, and yeah, have a great chat. If you don't know much about Lee, you're about to. He's a 31-year-old b-boy from Cumbrian in Wales. He's been a part of Boy Blue, Bird Gang, and Soul Mavericks. Here is the incredible b-boy Reckless. Boom. And we are in. Today we have B-Boy Reckless, a.k.a. B-Boy Flips, a.k.a. Flip Flop, a.k.a. Fat Thighs, a.k.a. The Welsh Dragon. What's up, <laughs> Flippy Floppy? Yo, what's up, man? You good? Good, man. This is fun. Nice to see your <laughs> face on a Tuesday. It is morning still on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, man. Look at your little ponytail going on. How long have you been growing? Did you, can you not afford a barber anymore? Uh, uh, yeah exactly that's pretty much what happened there uh lockdown lockdown haircut in it so it's good bro you, you you look like a, a really pale samurai i'll take it yeah it's a good look yeah how's life bro what you been up to yeah not bad um just trying to get back into the swing of things really to be honest like just 
I was because of lockdown. You know, I'm sure a lot of people had the same issues, like completely out of shape, not you know, not in the right place or anything. So for me, I've like right now I've just started doing a whole um, little course with a PT. Shout out to Joe Hunt. Yes, uh, Joe. Joe. Yeah, I've got Joe's him saved. Up. I've got him saved under in my phone as Sexy Joe. It, yeah, that works. Yeah, with his long hair. Yeah, is that what you got yeah. the inspiration from? No, actually. Um, but his is longer than mine, so he came first. So technically, I'm the biter. But yeah, that's good. yeah. So Joe, Joe sorted me out with um, nutrition and just general PT. So that's what I'm doing at the moment, just trying to get back in shape, like I said. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, see where that goes. Um, how are you finding it? Because I, 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 obviously, for people that don't know, I've known Lee for 15, 16, 16 17 years maybe more uh, 17 18 17 yeah 17 18 since we were like 14 with 31 so whatever that maths is go you've got a gcse in maths uh, me yeah failed <laughs> <laughs> 17 there we go <laughs> yeah i definitely don't um, you put me under pressure i was like uh, uh come on bro that's what you're meant to be good at um yeah so like we you know me and lee go back a really really long way we we know a lot about each other um but i know that you've always kind of hated working out. <laughs> you hated it. You've uh, the amount of times you've gone, bro. I, I'm going to join the gym, or bro, send me a program. And you, you, you generally don't really enjoy it, do you? Well, I, I think like before, I was a bit of a waste man. Like I was always the the king of saying I would do this and then not actually do it. Um, and I have no idea why it's to be like that. But yeah, I mean, I find it quite hard. I know what you're saying. Like I'm not the biggest fan. But I'm starting to learn to enjoy it. Joe comes with quite some really like interesting things that we're doing in the gym. So it's not just your basic lifting weights and mm. that's it. You know, it's just a lot of fun. So yeah. I'm actually getting into it. Uh, and like, I'm sure we'll get into it at some point, but like you've had over the past, like however long, 10 years, you've had quite a lot of injuries. Like essentially this should help prevent more injuries do you mean or should help fix the ones which maybe are currently still there well that's part of the reason why i'm doing it as well as i've got um hip impingement so i'm like my my left hip is sort of stuck it doesn't move in a certain way Mm. so uh joe's really good with mobility stuff so Mm. he's also helping me in that and doing a lot of mobility work exercises yeah Mm. what do you what do you think like that is the hip impingement like from breaking is it from just wear and tear uh it's from back when i was working on a ship uh explain so when i did the so i was doing a ship contract it was like two weeks on two weeks off for a year um and just doing like the ship obviously it it moves Mm. while like under your feet so doing things like breaking i'm not sure was the best idea for like that long period of time especially yeah. like i was never really the most flexible b-boy no um certainly not <laughs> hey 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 listen I'll touch oh, my toes, I, don't make I me can, do it i can touch my toes too but that's as good as it gets <laughs> i can so, I yeah can, i can also touch your toes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if you'd want it no i don't um, <laughs> but basically it was on the ship with where the sort of movement was happening underneath me and all the little muscles were firing 
when they shouldn't have been and and just I think it drove my hip into a place where it just just got stuck because mm. it just happened gradually over time and then just sort of one day I woke up and I was like oh I've, I've got this stiffness I can't move my hip in this way now mm. so yeah it's been stuck for quite a while I spent a lot of money on physios that didn't really help and they all said that it was weakness in a certain area that mm. I'm not weak in and yeah it just seems like it's like just a, these this past month with Joe is already improved so mm. I think we're going down the right route we're with the, the mobility. Right and I yeah. guess it's probably like got I bet it's really inflamed as well do you know what I mean and I feel like until you get rid of the inflammation sometimes you can't fix shit yeah, you know I mean, yeah, I mean, so it, even whether that's like adjusting diet and like removing all things which cause inflammation and doing loads of sauna work or shit like that, and then doing the exercises as well. Once that inflammation goes, then I guess it lets you get in a position to recover. Otherwise, you're just work. You're constantly reigniting the inflammation. When it goes down, you do something and it's not settled. I guess you're making it worse by breaking all the time. Do you know what I mean exactly? Exactly. And there was no, you know, like, you know what our career is like, you can't take a break, man. Yeah. Yo, I say that all the time. It's the, especially because I, I teach so many students. The one thing I always say to them, like, is, yo, they're like, oh, I want to join the gym. I want to get buff. I'm like, no, you don't. You want to get fucking injury free. You want to be safe yeah. and protect that body. Like, that's the one thing you need to do. Cause like, I always say, like, we ain't like footballers. We don't have an, a seasons. We don't have an on and off season. It's like, are you free tomorrow? And footballers can retire after like a week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're never allowed to retire. Exactly. Like the, the money is not the same. Money is not the same. No. Although you, you, you make good money doing the cruise ship. I remember you telling me about that contract and I was like, fuck. Because I've never wanted to do a cruise ever in my life. And then when you told me about your one you were doing, you're like two weeks on, two weeks off. I was like, oh, this is chill. Yeah, and I got paid for the month as well. So yeah. I got paid to, to, to just jam for two weeks. So Norwegian cruises are probably the best cruises I've seen in terms of your your, your contract. Yeah, because I, I know loads of people, especially right now, like cruises are kind of after the pandemic, like they're, they're getting back on it. Like they're hiring people, they're going back out. Like I know theatre and stuff is too, but cruises, I guess, for dancers and performers is kind of like a a bigger, there's more options. I mean, they're, they're probably taking a bigger percentage of performers to go and work. Like, so if you can get on one, which is like, like your contract, like literally I was like, yo, that's gangster. I can go to work for two weeks and then rest for two weeks or do something else. But was there like a clause for the other two weeks that you weren't allowed to do another job or like? Oh, no, I was doing everything. Like, this is why I didn't take that two weeks to rest. I was back. I was teaching. I was like doing other performances. I was trying to you know sort of get in there do some battles and and training with the crew as well with with soul mavericks so mm. it, yeah it was i didn't really rest for the entire year yeah probably wasn't a smart idea that was it <laughs> but no. that's that's how we do that is how we do so i was thinking earlier when i was taking my my little dog for a walk i was like yeah i'm speaking to lee today this is exciting i haven't had like a you know we haven't had a sit down and like pick your brain session a very very long time and I was thinking of all the times when we used to be like in your living room at like 4am, like break dancing downstairs, trying to not be too loud. And your dad being like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 and like, 
us trampolining at like 2, 3 a.m. in the fucking pitch black outside in the cold with weather. The, with the floodlight on. With just... the floodlight on and like the baby cliff next to the trampoline. And I was like, yo, we were stupid. <laughs> like, we were so Holy. stupid. And like loads of people talk about like, oh, yeah, when I used to go clubbing when I was little, I was like, well, we used to go underage clubbing and they'd let us in and we just had to break dance. We'd what was the to... name? What was it? Was it what was it called? It was in Newport. It was in Newport remember. and it was the underground one. So there was the one, the little one upstairs, and then there was the underground one. It was minging. And me it was called Carl... something like Mojo's, but I might be getting confused with Madame Jojo's just in London. No, I, I think it might it be something... Mojo's. Is that sounds right? And I was like, oh, I it was mad because of UK champs. It was not UK champs, sorry. That was because of Welsh champs. Yeah. Um, because they were they always were there, and the after party was that we got to know the the guys in it, so they just yeah. let us in. It was so bad. Yeah, that was such sick times. But like, what were we like? Probably seventeen, just turning eighteen, like around that age. And we'd go in and we'd be absolute idiots doing sambuka shots, trying to do backflips. Do you, do you remember, remember the competition? Yeah, the sambuka backflip competition. But I just I thought of that. I literally I was having a conversation with my sister the other day. Like I say, the other day a few months ago, I was up in Newcastle with Deb um, yeah and we were just having a chat and we were speaking about I actually brought that up which was mad because they were there at one point yeah. I don't know if you're like basically her friend thought that she could out drink us and then we're there in the corner doing sambuga shot backflip sambuga shot backflip first one to fail yeah <laughs> no, no, normally me or Kyle Kyle yeah you Kyle. always won you always won <laughs> But you never, you never always lost. No, I never always lost. That, that was kind of like the game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who's not going to come last? <laughs> Kyle would be like, I can front flip though. I'd be like, that's not the game. Can you win though? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, and your outcome, your argument, everything. I remember, and I'm sure we'll get to it in a bit. But when we used to be in like Fahrenheit and like Kaz would be like, Lee, you got the choreo wrong. And you'd be like, but can you win mill? No. Shut up, man. <laughs> Like, did I, did I actually used to go on like that? Yeah, you just, you'd oh be like, my God. You're like, Kaz be like, super camp, like, Lee, you got it wrong, you're in the spaces. You'd be like, oh, I'm trying. And he'd say something, you'd be like, but can you windmill? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, must have been causing bear problems, man. But, but what's hilarious is that. how we held the windmill to such a high standard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can you windmill? Can you do a basic. <laughs> <laughs> like the basic like yeah you know, your backspin your windmill your swipe your flare that's it that's yeah here yeah that's the, well, that's where i'm at so it's a cool place to be but <laughs> 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 but at the time it was like people couldn't windmill so it was like can you windmill no exactly <laughs> fuck the gario oh funny yeah man good times but do you think i don't know I wonder if the younger generation still like train like that, like up to like 4 a.m. and like outside on a trampoline trying to learn how to do a flip. I mean, are you teacher a lot of them breaking? Do you know what I mean? Do you see that still? I don't know. It, it sort of winds me up a little bit. And if they ever listen to this, they're going to be like, oh, he's beating me out. Because basically, I'm always getting onto them. I'm always like, why did you not? Why do you not go home? Why did you watch breaking? Why didn't you train? Like, that's the sort of thing you need to do to get good it's just like watch breaking and just sort of do it all the time yeah take ideas you know? experiment with it exactly and yeah they don't 
And I don't, I don't know, was it just, was it our generation or was it just me, you and Kyle? I don't know. But then like, if you think of like, uh, like Tommy and David and that, they used to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe it is a generational thing because all the other B-boys in our area, they kind of did the same thing. I tell you, they were never as stupid. They must have. No, they were never as stupid. But do you know what I mean? It was like, I don't think it was just an us thing. I'm, I'm not talking as for people thinking Kane ain't a B-boy. I'm not talking like I'm a B-boy. I'm just saying I used to break dance. <laughs> he was he was one once. Yeah, B-boy K9. That's correct. To be precise. From Unique Methods. Oh, man. That crew name. <laughs> <laughs> skill methods and unique styles it's just like yeah. mix them together and just bite a whole crew name like what what were yeah. we thinking the two crews we liked yeah we were young man yeah that's true we were we were very young and that's how, and that's, how that's how it worked um when was the the last time you battled oh a long time quite a long time ago actually like pre-lockdown obviously mm. um because battles have only just started coming back. Mm. I saw some Zoom battles. Didn't do any of them either. No. No. I've just taken a bit of a step back from it, really. How, how come? What was the... Is there a specific reason or do you just... Not really. Um, I just... Again, I say keep saying pre-lockdowns. It's going to be like the word that I say the most in this whole thing. Okay. Um, but pre-lockdown I just didn't really know what I wanted to do mm. like I was getting a bit sort of in my own head do I want to do this do I want to do that where do I want to go and then lockdown happened and then nothing went anywhere so it was like just sort of a bit of waste of time at that point and so the last battle I did must have been back in 2018 at least mm. at least I can't Genuinely can't remember. Did you do a uh, solo or crew? Or like it would have been a crew one. Yeah, yeah. Duo, maybe duo, trio or something like that. Yeah, two on two, three on three. Because, like, I remember, like, coming up, like, that was your thing. You were like, I'll battle anyone. I want to battle. Do you know what I mean? Like, you were so, like, up for a battle. This is pre-Soul Mavericks. Like, so desperate to prove yourself, to get recognized in the B-Boy world. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember that fireman, and like I'll never forget. I think it was like I think it was Redding, and I was on crutches, and you battled Mouse, and you won, and he I think he had a bitch fit and walked out, like, <laughs> like, and you were like you were like eighteen, and everyone was like ah, oh! like, do you know what I mean? I just remember the hunger and uh, the Welsh champs when they did um, fuck, what was it called? What was that thing where there was like nine of you or some shit? Last, last man last standing. Man, yeah, last man standing. I'm like, you fucking roasted everyone. You didn't win it. but you Did you win it? No. I won it in 2017. Yeah, yeah 2017, you won it. Because I walked in late. I remember being like your cheerleader. I may as well have had pom-poms and a mini skirt on in the corner. Like, golly! You should have. Like, that yeah, would have been awesome. Yeah, I would have looked fit. Um, <laughs> 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 you got beat up. I look fit. Like I remember seeing you do that, man, and like the the hunger to see someone like stand out and to get like established, like it was kind of like I'd never seen that before. Do you know what I mean? Because I was such like a go to class, kill the combo, like kind of dancer, be the best at doing mm. the choreo. 
where like although there's like a hunger and a desire to be to stand out it's different because you're not like you're not fighting you're not going at people there's no like i'm not being aggressive to the person next to me in a dance studio but I remember seeing your like willingness to clown people and be aggressive and you didn't care how they felt about it like there was something so raw about it do you know what i mean like and i'd never seen that before and i remember being like fuck my friend's dope like <laughs> safe appreciate that <laughs> yeah man it's that it's the breaking is that gladiator mentality it's why there's like when it actually gets down to like actual breaking and and the whole b-boy scene there's not like so many people fall off because mm. they don't have that mentality they're not ready for that and they go down different routes some of them they just stop breaking altogether and go and do other things or like they'll maybe go and create more um concept work with their with their breaking instead and and some of them just aren't ballers and then you see the b-boy scene mm. it's you know it is quite small like around the world in general yeah. well it's got a lot bigger recently which is why we're now going to be moving towards the olympics um i say we as in the b-boy scene not yeah. me but <laughs> you might go and watch <laughs> yeah exactly you're the first person to say that every time I, every time someone says anything about the olympics are you doing it i'm like i will be 35 yeah yeah there will be a 14 year old that's gonna win it like <laughs> right look at skateboarding like it's gonna be the same shit exactly there's some kids up there's some madness like shout out to um the, the kid that won the youth olympics mm. Uh, was a guy, a kid called uh, Bumblebee mm-hmm. from Russia, and he's just doing, he's just doing this, man. That and he, he's not doing, I, so he was like 16 then, so maybe he's like 18, 19, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a bit younger. I, I'm not fully sure on age, I don't want to say, um, but he's, he's young, you know, he's like mm-hmm. still under 20, I'm sure. And he's like still just growing like this. And he's not, he's not the only one. Like there's so many kids, like some crazy Japanese kids out there, Russian kids. Mm. Um, then there'll be me with my little Ford roll set. <laughs> <laughs> I know the set. Three Ford rolls in a row to a shoulder stand. <laughs> exactly. Bro, but you make it look fresh as a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> do, do you feel like there's like a, a specific time period as a, a b-boy or a break dancer to progress like i know you can always progress but do you feel like there's an age bracket where like there's a time where you really excel i think in your mid-20s mm. is where you sort of mainly excel yeah like early to mid-20s when you go past the kid phase and you sort of mature as a as a dancer and you start to create your own content and you start to like develop your own style mm. you know rather than just doing moves um and there's there's sort of a maturity that comes with breaking but you still need the physicality of like your your younger days you know what i mean but yeah i mean it is changing there's a lot of b-boys out there still at hong 10 i swear he's the same age as gav 37 and he's still going stronger than most yeah um but also do you think that's Okay, so I guess we're kind of like jumping off track, but like, do you think that's because maybe he's in a 
a place where he can make more financial gain from it. So he has more time to put in like rehab, physios, like, you know what I mean? I mean, he's a Red Bull BC one all-star, so I'm sure he's getting the physios for, you know, he's, he's, that's his career. So he's got the physios, he's got the, the the training, like the, like personal training, nutritionists, everything just Mm. on standby. And if he, if any of them slack off, I'm sure they're going to just, you know, you're out next kids in. Mm. So it's, you know, and it's going to be good money. It's probably the best money you can make in, with breaking mm. is to be a sort of Red Bull BC1 all-star. Or so essentially whatever. you're sponsored by them, right? Yeah. Mm. What what kind of like, uh, how, how oh, what's the way to phrase this? Like what kind of a living can you make from being a breaker or a B-boy? Because what I noticed from being in LA, um, is that b-boys were like still doing all the movies and doing all the music videos and the tours and stuff and they got kind of treated just like a dancer if not kind of like a specialty act not always but like you know they would make good money like you know they'd go on tour with like fucking let's just say for example uh pink i don't know if there was one but like or like a b-boy would go on tour with an artist just to b-boy or like Bieber had like trickers. I know it's slightly different, but go on tour just to trick. But he had B-boys there as well. Do you know what I mean? Like in the UK, that doesn't really happen. No. Like that's no. not, it's like they would hire me, <laughs> the person who can <laughs> do the choreo and do a backflip and a swipe. Yeah. I mean, here is, is, is definitely a lot different. If that's how they're going on in LA, then that's actually sick because the, the B-boys, we, we don't get the recognition here. Mm. Like you said, you said about yourself, but you're sort of talking yourself down a little bit because I know you can actually break, but there's people out there that can't and they get jobs as breakers. And it's like, what's going on? Mm. Um, so yeah, here you're expected to be able to do all of the choreo, all of the, you know, you're basically just a dancer, mm. but then you're expect you're paid sort of the same as everyone else. And yet, as well as doing the same as everyone else, you're expected to do even more on the side, like some extra stuff. And that's the stuff that takes the, the, the energy out of mm. you. Mm. So it's, it's, it's hard work, but in terms of like commercial work and, and things like that, it's not, it's not easy mm. as a B-boy. So as a B-boy here, what, 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 what kind of things do you do to make a living? Um, so it's usually a lot of, just performance wise, it's usually a lot of shows in places like Thought Park, you know, like so making street shows, but mm. on stages, if that makes sense. Yeah, so just yeah. Hype up the crowd, give them some energy, whatever. Um, as like Thought Park was just one that sort of popped up recently. Like I saw there was auditions and stuff for that. And um, yeah, it's usually just little shows like that and um for myself i'm trying to go more down the route of hip-hop theater mm-hmm. because i know there's there's a lot of opportunity there as well and yeah i mean there's so many different options you can go as a breaker because you all you are like they are needing people that can do the tricks in all these different shows that like messaging mm-hmm. in a bottle just happened 
um, you know, the auditions happened for that. They were looking for breakers, but also people that could do the tricking and stuff like that. Were they looking for uh, specifically breakers, though, or were they looking for a breaker who can be like a Linden Bar or like a me, like someone who can kind of dabble in anything? I'm not too sure to be. I think a mix of both because they need the people that can do that, but they also need the specialists in there. Yeah. Um, like they've got uh, Gavin from Mavericks and Nesta are in there at the moment and they're, yeah. they're B-boys. They yeah. can do, they can pick up choreo, but it's not the same. Gav does karate. Like... That's like choreo, isn't it? Karate. <laughs> <laughs> Kung fu, bruv. Kung fu. Kung fu, bruv. Yeah. That's but, right. um, choreo. D- d- different country, but. Yeah. Still choreo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not the same as someone like you or Lyndon. Lyndon's dance captain, I think, which is sick. So yeah, shout super out to him dope. Um, but yeah, they, you know, they definitely put it out there that they wanted breakers, but the, the breakers are also required to be able to do choreo. But as you know, like I can do choreo, so for me, it's it's not too bad, and it gets yeah. it confuses me when some boys are like, nah. No choreo, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm like, as growing up in the industry here, it's, it's like something that you sort of had to be able to do. Yeah, and I, I think like where I was really fortunate, and I, I throw a lot of love to you for this, and it's your fault, really. Like where we were <laughs> in such a small community in Wales where there wasn't many dancers and there was no dance scene. Do you know what I mean? There was no industry. There was nothing. And we didn't have social media like now. It was like, we only learned from the people that we were with. Like, mm. so like you learned from dad from H2O, then you taught me and I learned from Kaz and then I taught you. Like, so that's how you learned choreo oh, and from Kaz as well and from being part of the dance scene. And that's how me and Kyle would learn breaking or tricks from you yeah. because, you know, we had no other people to learn off. So it was just like, you teach me this, I'll teach you that. Like, and that's yeah, it was a super we... small community in Wales, isn't it? Like you had you had Quam, my first teacher. Shout out to Quam. Um, he's still going. Like, of course he is. I mean, he's Asian. He he's going to go forever. He's never going to stop, man. It's Quam. Kwamikaze in the place. Kwamikaze. He's either mountain biking or breaking. <laughs> yeah. Or eating vegan food. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just on <laughs> his Instagram all the time. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, it's him, DAJ, like you said, and then you've got Kaz and stuff. And it's just how you can see, like, that community just sort of was just there. It was just us. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, it was such a small community, but actually it's produced some, like, dope talent. Like, if you think of, like, who's left, like, from our kind of gen, who's left and made a career from in performing, like yep. me, you, Kyle, live, uh, like that De- uh, Demi, Demi, younger than us, but from Newport. Yeah. Like she's done some gigs. Like you know, from our little gen of Farrah. Natty as well. Natty, Natty. of course. Yeah. Jess has done some stuff. Like yeah. we've all kind of had like a. Sorry if I've missed anyone out. We've all had like a little career, or a big career, I should say. But like, but it's all come from such a small little community, and it's all from everyone just sharing and teaching each other. It's not from exactly. actually having like a, like we never had any pioneers. Like we didn't have a Kenrick, or we didn't have a Cisco, or we didn't have a DJ Renegade to learn from. 
Mm. You know what I mean? We've all yeah, learned yeah. from just like, I guess, secondhand learning. But we've all managed to do pretty well. It's kind Community of is just a huge part of it, though. Like, that's something that I think a lot of the scenes in general, like not just the breaking scene, a lot of the scenes in general have lost. Mm. Um, they've lost that community aspect. So there's not that, you know, a bunch of people sort of growing together anymore um mm. which i can actually sh- like shout out to bird gang um i don't know if you know right now i'm in bird gang i know so i'm a bird gang member what's your bird name penguin emperor penguin, penguin. <laughs> yes so good so accurate exactly so, a- so accurate <laughs> <laughs> that's made me so happy but they they have that community right now like they've got the trainees coming up like new people that they're training up and then the flock that are like the, the people that are already in bird gang with the mm. with the bird names and stuff and just everyone is sort of training together the you know you got the people teaching like uh kayla sim and kenji mm. um and they're just you know everyone just sort of like moving together and growing mm. so it's, it's got that community aspect and it's just like one of the closest things that i have now that is like it was back in wales yeah yo penguin that's so good and when they run... oh so good when they run and slide on their bellies and shit and jump out the water and land on the stomachs that's literally you exactly sashimi roll go <laughs> so good um, yes oh it's made me really happy it works isn't it though yeah bro it's perfect so perfect what would my bird name be no trying to think of anything that's Ginger. Red. Yeah, Red yeah. Robin. There you go. Red Breast. I don't know. Blue Tit. No, they're red. Red, red Breast. Who are that? Uh, is that even a bird? I might have made that up. Robin Red Breast, right? Um, Try and say that again. Robin Red Breast. Robin, <laughs> <laughs> Robin Red Breast. Oh, well done. Good job. That's um, right. Now say it in Welsh. Um, Robin Koch Breast. Nice. <laughs> How's that? I don't even know what red, I don't even know what red is. Yeah, Robin's cock breast. I like it. Um, <laughs> idiots. Um, yeah, man. But community, it, it's definitely something which we were really fortunate to have, even though it was very small. And it's dope that Burger Gang has that. How are you? I want to say how I was going to say like how are you finding it like doing choreo and shit a lot again? But I guess you've never really stepped away from it. You just kind of have done it in the shadows as opposed to like you know, you don't post five class videos a week of you learning choreo like no, the majority yeah, no. of dancers do now. So I guess you've yeah. always been doing it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I do find it fun as well. It's just not one of the things that I'm just like, if I'm going to post a video, I'm not usually like, yeah, that's the one I'm going to post. It's the one of me when I land the move that I've not done yeah, before. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that one. Yeah, I mean, you I show, say I'm you, show, post. you show your highlight reel. You show the best things. You don't maybe show the, your, your second best things. Exactly. But I mean, I'm horrific with social media anyway, so it doesn't matter what I do. If I do something, people are probably not going to hear about it because I'm terrible at posting. Yeah, social media is a tricky one. It's like, I hate it, but I need it. I, I mean, get into it for like a week and then then I die out again. Then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm too busy. I'm doing something else. I went and bought, I bought an iPhone 12, uh, a gimbal and a tripod. So I'm like, I'm going to make loads of content, one video. <laughs> since christmas 
It's like the know, most I, expensive video, no? Yeah, yeah. Well, not really. Like, I just have no desire. Like, I love dancing. And I love making combos, but I, I can't do the whole like, let's make like a cool edit. Let's make a cool video. I'm like, no. Here's the dance. Put it up. I don't want any edits. Just look at it widescreen. Look at the dancing. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Like when people are putting all this time and effort into make like um like edits and camera angles and shit i'm like who's got a, a fair play like you're winning i'm losing like <laughs> you're the one that's getting loads of followers and therefore making money from it and like getting more yeah jobs. exactly i'm just like i don't have that in me and i don't know if i if I, I don't have that creativity or just don't have that desire to sit on my laptop like even editing these podcasts bro like i get someone to do it for me i'm like i can't fucking do this yeah fair enough you know I what i'm bl- like i, I think, don't blame you at all i think what we used like, to be like trying to edit music when we were younger i'd be like fuck this i ain't got time for this lee do it <laughs> yeah i mean i was always the music editor wasn't yeah. i but it, i think it might be a generation thing as well because mm. i think it's just just before before just after us like the next generation they seem to sort of live on their phones yeah I, i'm pretty bad like I'm pretty addicted. I like I can't. Two. I'm sat. Yeah, it's on my phone, man. Like it's crazy. Like if I'm not looking for Porsches that I can't buy, <laughs> or Jordans that I can't buy, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it actually consumes so much of my time, and then you're just like fuck. But then at the same time, sometimes I'm like, I'll start doing something inspirational. I'll start being like, yeah, I'm getting inspired. I'm gonna watch this cool thing. Twos, twos. The next thing, I'm scrolling through Instagram, and I don't even know it. You're like fuck, get off. Sometimes, sometimes it does work out though for me because like so I, I know what you, I know what you mean. Like I sometimes sit there, and get stuck in a hole in it, like that Instagram hole. You're just there yeah, for like bro. an hour, like it's like everything, everything is like tunnel vision. Everything else blurs out. Because I follow so many b boys, sometimes something pops up, and I'm just like, that is sick, and I'm mm. gonna send that to my students, and then I go into sort of like teacher mode, and then the students get all the the videos sent through to them, where I'm just like writing a message like watch this see the way that they're flowing the stuff mm. together the transitions the shapes you know they're, they're different stuff so i can just like start educating so sometimes it works out but then other times i'm just watching videos of cats doing stupid <laughs> things so mma fighters top knockouts and yeah no bro i'm with you but yeah sometimes it's beneficial sometimes i get some inspiration sometimes i'll you know like i've created a business essentially from my instagram do you know what i mean so like it's worked mm. out like from my 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 dance training program that's how i advertise it that's how i communicate with everyone instagram is the platform i use to conduct it do you know what i mean and then right. that's and that stemmed from this like how's how's it going how's the program going? Man, really good yeah. like i started a year ago in i started september last year and then obviously did two months in the studio which was sick and then went on to zoom and i was like fuck like i don't want to do it on zoom but in my head, I didn't realize how long we'd be in lockdown for. So a few people were like, nah, just do it. Like, it, like we'll still do it. It'll be fun. And I was probably, I think, one of the first people to have like an online training program, like on Zoom. Yeah. And bro, for the first few months, like I was killing. Like nice. I, was making, I was making a good living via Zoom. I was like, this is great. And then the more programs started to pop up, people would go, I'm going to go and try that one now. And I'd be like, of course, I understand. Like, Go and explore. That's how you're going to become a better dancer. Do you know what I mean? Go and learn from as many different people as you can. And then since coming back, I only did back into the studio. I only did one in June in the studio, which was dope. And a new studio. So I use Wilkes now in Swindon. So mm-hmm. that's, and it's a dope space. It's huge. And it's next to my house. 
So <laughs> makes sense. So I use that fucking first one was dope. And then this one that I'm doing in September, I've got like three spaces left. Because I only accept like Mad. 25 people. So yeah, man, it's fucking, it's going well. Wicked, that's, that's dope, man. But I think the, it wasn't even my idea to do a program. A, a guy recommended me to do it. He kind of talked me into doing it. And I was like, all right. He's like, trust me. I'm so glad he did. Like one of the best things I've done to have like, people continuously maybe wanting to learn from you like i've had one boy connor he's done every single month i don't know if he only comes back because he's ginger and he feels like there's like some sort of like <laughs> relatability factor <laughs> or if he thinks i'm good <laughs> but like bro he he's come every single month and like I, i'm not putting it just down to me for sure not but like i can see my influences and the things i've said and taught him within a year and the amount of progression he's made bro is mental like mm, yeah. like his artistry is like second to none like he's a dope dancer and you, you know you just like i'm a part of that like that's fucking dope he's gonna have a dope career and you're, i'm a part of that journey and it's like the same as this little girl amelia from wales i call her yeah. superstar she just booked liam payne's she just did liam payne's music video she's like Sick. 13, 12 or 13 12 i've been teaching her for a year like on zoom and you're just like like and her audition she had to put a self-tape she sent her doing my choreo and you're like i just got her a first not i got her a first job but like i'm a part of that process yeah i got it on the agency like i rung the agency and was like yo you should take this girl on she's gonna be dope like and you know like there's something so much more satisfying about that now than getting on stage but i think it's just because i'm getting older i mean as we're getting older, like i think both of us like we've been around you know what i mean like we've we've got a lot of experience within our, within our separate scenes, but we've got a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge to pass on. Yeah. So it's really good that you're doing it. Um, you know, like I've got my students now as well. Like, I don't know if you saw Red Bull BC one UK. Yeah. I saw um, some highlights. Melody made it through to the top eight. Yeah. So she's her, one right? of my, yeah. From scratch. Like she's just like one of the students I've had from the beginning. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, like, it's just really nice to see the, like you said, the influence, you know, okay. you can see it and it's, um, it's nice that they take that, use it and it works, which mm. means that what the knowledge that you passed on works, mm. you know what I mean? And it's good to know that it takes away from that whole like um, imposter syndrome a little bit where you question mm. whether you are, whether you're actually good enough. Does, you know, I wouldn't say I've got imposter syndrome, but there's always that element of yeah, me, that yeah, questioning I... in there until you get the results. So when you get some results, it's like, okay, I I I helped it. I did that. You know, mm. that was that was me. So I, I get it. And you get that pride. So it's nice. Is there many like b-boy teachers, breaking teachers, I should say? Not really, no. Because I feel like breaking is kind of like a you know, it's more of a social thing than a classroom kind of thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But then do you feel like because of our generate, because of the generation we're in now, less of the social aspect actually happens? Because how often do people go and meet up anymore? Everyone communicates on their phones or like, you know, or we'll play Call of Duty and speak on there. Whereas, you know, if we wanted to play, uh, what was the game we played on the Xbox, the gun one? Gears of War. Gears of War. If we wanted to play that, we had to go to your house. And therefore, we'd play it. And then when we're bored, we'd start breaking. Or like, 
yeah. the social aspect, like the break in training would be the byproduct of us all having of us all hanging out. Do you know what I mean? Whereas it's, now now kids it still exists. Out. Yeah. It still but exists, like, but within crews, like and there's not many of them. Mm. Yeah. So you might see that with like gully squad, but they hang out together and train together. Gully yeah. squad is just one of the examples because I know their boys like yeah. you know, yeah. And Ben Gabriel, especially like Ben Gabriel, Shogs and Daz, they all sort of grew up in the scene together. And I'm sure some of them even go to school together. So they just actually hang out. Um, and uh, so they do that. They they do have that sort of like crew community aspect, but mm. Um, and there, there's some open training spots, but I saw someone post a meme the other day that was basically like, goes to open training spot, practices in the corner by themselves for three hours. And it's like... <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so there's a, there is this community, but like aspects, but it's not fully the same as it was. Um is there is there now an equivalent of Trocadero? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's Liverpool Street. Oh. There's a spot in Liverpool Street. I don't really know the details. Because Trocadero used to be dope. Like, you'd go downstairs, and there'd be, like, all these different B-boys, house dancers, poppers, everyone training. The only annoying thing is you'd hear eight different boomboxes playing different songs. But <laughs> if, you can channel, yeah. if you can channel that out, like, there was something super dope about that. And, like... Ever since it's gone, I've never heard of anything. No, there was a Royal Festival Hall for a little yeah, while. South Bank for a while. Um, and then they sort of locked off the music. So you could you could go there and train. You can't have music on. With a headphone in. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So sort of like a silent disco. You know, yeah. like and that floor in Royal Festival Hall sucks, bro. Marble. It's, like, it's marble. It's like the hardest floor in the world. Yeah, I went there once to prep for class, and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> Still, like 2012, training for UK champs, Mavericks was in there from like this was back when it wasn't a big thing. Um, mm. We were in there from 10 a.m. until finish, like drilling out our routines, that everything, dive roll, full twists, like every all the flips that on that solid marble floor. But we were like, nope. We're gonna be battling people like Jinjo, have a Koro, stuff yeah. like that. We we need to we need to be on point. So yeah, we didn't really have a choice of whether the floor was nice or not. Yeah. Do you have any like moments in your breaking career that like stand out to you as just like fuck, like I I made it kind of thing, or like like that was special? Like if you think back to being 15, 16 year old Lee, 17 year old Lee who is dying to be recognized from this shitty little town in Wales. Like, when I say shitty, I mean shitty. Come on, shout out. Shout out, yes. Cumbran. Shout out to all 1,000 of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, who probably have the internet. Um, <laughs> like, you're from like this tiny little place with like no really dance community or nothing. You're dying to be noticed. And then like, you've met the who's who of breaking and you've made a living from it and like you know you're still doing that thing you're still making a living from that thing that at 15 16 you were dying to just for people to watch you do one thing like are there any moments that really stand out where you go fuck like that was dope or well from the from the beginning i always had sort of goals and that was to be 
on you. Like the first jam I ever saw was when I went down with the Dufferin, Dufferin Massive. Yes. Yeah. Dan and Zach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dufferin like, Massive. Guys. And we, they took us down in 2005 to watch UK Bebo Champs. Uh, and we watched it and I was like, I want to be on that stage. And then four years later in 2009, I joined Mavericks and I was on that stage. You know mm. what I mean? So it was like, that was a huge highlight of the career to be your like, because UK Champs used to be prestigious. It's not so much. It doesn't oh. have the same like sort of thing anymore. It used to be so, so dope. Like we used to mm. watch it at your house all the time. And yeah, that was a, Big, big goals to be on UK Champs. Battle of the Year was another one. Um, so getting onto that in 2009 was also one. Um, then as the UK Champs went on, it sort of... Well, the first time we did it in 2009, we had top nine in the first round and they obliterated us. <laughs> Actually smoked us. Although there's a really funny moment between Robin and Abdul in that, which if you want to know more, we can get into that. Yeah, yeah, I do. But, uh, that is a funny funny thing that happened you can see it on the footage as well and um then as we went on the next i don't think 2010 we did it 2011 we battled against um we got through the first round and we were the first uk crew to qualify to not qualify to win the first round at uk champs and get through to the semi-finals since second to none so that was like a really big That's a long time. in the UK. It is a long time. <laughs> it is a long time. Um, and so that was a really big moment for us, a really big moment for the UK. And it was like, it was just an amazing feeling. And then the next year in 2012, we went one step further and we got to the final. And we got Jinjo and we got smoke. Smoke and a pancake. <laughs> we, I, I watch it back. I'm like, I think we lost every round. <laughs> oh, that's okay <laughs> but, uh, but I think the reason why they obliterated us so bad was because actually in the year before in 2011 I think it was 2011 we got them in the semi-finals mm. and because we used all of our best routines and our best stuff to get through that first round we had nothing left really so we just went on like hooligans and we put the pre- that was the year where Sonny beat Hong Ten mm as well in the solos and we just put the pressure on them and we actually it was 3-2 in the votes to them so we actually nearly beat them as well and it was like what just happened because we just went on like hardly any routines we just went on like nutcases like full-on hooligans cussing galore like I've never cussed so much in my life in a battle as I did in that one <laughs> making them crash making them fall over everything and so I think the next year they came back and they were like we're getting revenge right yeah. now. And they took us apart like in that final. So, yeah, but we still made it to the final. Again, the first crew, I believe, since second to none yeah. to make it that far. So those, these are some of the highlights because when I joined Mavericks, I was sort of explained to um, by the guys there, by Kev, Renegade, stuff like that, that the whole point of Mavericks is to basically put UK, like in a, in a, in a nutshell, to put UK back on the map. Because mm-hmm. UK, like Mavericks, that was Mavericks' job. It wasn't at the time, there was no UK to be seen. Mm. Um, and so they created Mavericks with Mouse and the other guys to just make a crew to put UK back on the breaking scene. 
And so I believe that's what we did um, when, you know, during sort of my generation of Mavericks, that's when, we, you know, we did that. So we, yeah. we achieved that goal and that is another highlight there. Yeah, that's dope. What about like work-wise? Because you've done some pretty cool jobs as a b-boy slash dancer, which I guess, you know, not many people get to experience. Like I know you dance, you work with Katy mm. Perry. Like that's yeah. pretty that's pretty dope, especially as a b-boy in this country. Like that doesn't happen very often. That was really cool. Um, I, th- I think with the jobs one as well, it wasn't something that I ever was like, that's what I want to do. Although it's not like a, mm. a goal, but it mm. just happened anyway. And then it was like, rah, I'm now on stage with Katy Perry. And I did that through Cirque Beijou, which is pretty cool. We had some firework guns, which is kind of mad. Um, Cirque Beijou is always a, a wild one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, do you remember the firework? The Catherine wheel burning the back of my neck. Yeah, that yeah. with firework guns. That's basically, you can imagine why we did that for Katy Perry. Yeah. Yeah, firework. You know, yeah, for anyone that can't put two and two together, um, <clears throat> but yeah. So K Perry was a huge one. Um, there was one. I think it was for Mass Movement. It was just ended up in Cannes Film Festival, and it was with Run DMC, uh, Reverend Run, sick from Run DMC. Sick. Was just sort of, sort of DJing, and we were doing the set to that. Yeah. And it was it wasn't like a huge audience. It was like really small, like in this little sort of club. And we did this thing, but it was it was dope. There's something dope about that though, because that's kind of like taking it right back to the culture. Exactly, yeah. So it felt raw, but it felt sick as well. Yeah. And I was the I was the only b-boy in that job. Oh, sick. Which felt like there was sort of a connection, you know. It's yeah. Yeah. DJ that's what I mean. Like right it's for you. Like. That's the culture of breaking, like right yeah. there. Um, so what, about, what about the uh, the show that you did with Quayley? Oh, so if we're getting into hip hop theater stuff, yeah, yeah, because you said um, that's what you said that's what you kind of want to go down now. What brought that along? Well, <clears throat> right. <clears throat> Sorry, two seconds. Let me get a drink. Tensing. I can't even open it. Can't believe you're having a Carl in this early. Cool. A Carl. <laughs> Does it look like? <laughs> no. <laughs> Looks like a purple um, strongbow. Oh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's lunchtime in two minutes. It's my breakfast. I'm on a diet. Carlin. I can't even open this. That is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> has it got a sink? Has it got a child lock on it? But it's the tightest. Hang on a second. I need a weapon. <laughs> you are a weapon. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Right. <laughs> well, I was going to say, normally tight things aren't an issue for you, but <laughs> I didn't. I held it in. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Good holding it in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So, <laughs> my God. Um, where were we at? Oh. Vice. Vice. Right. Yes. Hip-hop theatre stuff. So, um, this job sort of came about uh, just Chris Arias actually back when I was teaching him back when I was like mentoring Chris mm. um, not sure you'd be too happy me baiting that one out but yeah oh well it is what it, it is. is what it is <laughs> so back when I was like sort of mentoring Chris he he got a job through Bird Gang which was obviously this job the, the one with Quayley 
mm. um, which is for the show Vice, and he couldn't do it. So he then put me forward for the job. Um, and so I did that and we went in and we sort of like creating the first, like obviously that he had the show, but he wanted me to help with the creativity within the breaking side of it. And, and so I did, I didn't know what to expect at this point. We're just doing the show. Um, and I got Kyle involved. Kyle was involved with that one as well. They needed some more dancers. Kyle was about. And so they wanted people under five foot five. Yeah, exactly. They needed someone to play a kid. So <laughs> they did it. They did yeah. it. Um, and Poppin', Poppin yeah. Hobbit. <laughs> Should have been his name. Um, they got us involved in, in that show. And when we did it on stage, it blew up. And I've never felt anything like that. Like, it's probably the darkest show I've ever done. It's called Vice. It's about vices. And it's kind of evil in a way like it's it's not a pretty show where it's like oh yeah everything's positive no it's it's dark you know mm-hmm. and just the feeling doing it sort of gave me goosebumps and the crowd loved it a breaking convention and so that that is 100 like a highlight in the career and, it, and it's a job that has been ongoing for a very long period of time because it seems to not get old Mm. so like even just from doing it back then which i think was 2012 again so i feel like that was the year 2012 was like the year for me mm. um but it, it it built from there we we've done it in uh oh yeah this the harlem apollo we did it in the harlem apollo that was like a legendary moment that was sick man that sick. was so dope and yeah so that was again vice as a show and I got I gotta say that like Quayley is a genius, and that has to be in terms of like a performance, probably my favorite performance I've ever done. Mm. Like Pied Piper close second, but that was number one. Sick. So what is that what's made you want to now go into hip hop theater even more just from experiencing these? Yeah, doing a lot of stuff in it. We've done a few things with Mavericks as well for breaking convention. And I just think my brain works in that manner. Yeah. It works within the hip hop theater kind of thing. And I think that's from the inspirations from people like Quayley and Kenrick, um, you know, being mm-hmm. part of Boy Blue and doing Pied Piper, being part of, um, well, I wasn't part of Bird Gang when I started, but I am now, but working with Quayley and doing these shows is sort of like it sits well with me Mm. and very recently Bird Gang did a show called Hatchwork which was where you went in um, and did you sort of like scratch work you just created a show and put it on stage and I did that and it read really really well you created the show yeah I choreographed it so there's some stuff coming through Via Bird Gang, choreographed by Penguin, aka Reckless Lee. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah, so you're going to call me now, isn't it? Yeah, bro. It's going to be like, Penguin. Yeah, this is brilliant. I, I'm going to change the intro, aka Flip Flop, aka Penguin. So good. It's just so accurate, bro. Um, Emperor Penguin. Emperor, Emperor Penguin. Emperor Penguin. <laughs> Why Emperor? This is the biggest one. 
Okay. Oh, <laughs> you're the biggest penguin. Exactly. <laughs> okay, makes sense. I well, I would, I would. Now I know about penguins. What is this? Is this bird gang research? <laughs> you have to do. <laughs> yeah. you, have to, you have to. You have to explain your bird name to get to get out of the nest. Exactly. No, I just you. Know, you know what I'm like with animals. Yeah. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, I'm animal obsessed and. You know, I've got many a pet reptile. Bro, how, and stuff how, many, like how many snakes you got now? Seven. You've lost them? Sadly, yes. Died? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you eat so, them? I, I did not. Okay. Um, they were they were ill. One had brain damage. <laughs> did you backflip on it? <laughs> no, it just got ill. <laughs> oh, I was like, and basically, the, how does a the snake get brain damage? What I had the vet thinks they had what I had that encephalitis with the brain. Oh, I, th- I was about to say, I was about to say hip impingement. <laughs> <laughs> the snake had hip impingement, so um, no, he sadly had that, and then another one had another illness that he passed away. We we just had to put them down. You know, mm. you know how it is with some animals. So. What, what what is it about snakes that you love so much? Because I fucking hate them. Didn't you have one? Yeah. Made me hate him even more. Did you get that one off Kyle? Yeah, he talked me into it. Was it vicious? Yeah, it was the devil snake. That I got the other one that you he gave his, me. It's evil twin sister. Violent. Yeah. It was horrible. I've got, I've I, got I couldn't get anyone to foot, even take it. I've got a 14 foot, 40 plus kilo Burmese python, and she's the calmest thing in the world and this little worm of a corn snake just every time I put my hand in she's just like attack yeah and I was like why when I first had her like the and she'd look like a little worm like I was still terrified of her because that's why I got her in it because I was like I'm afraid of snakes I need to overcome my fear stop being a pussy um so I got her and it was free it- Carl gave me everything she didn't cost me a penny I was like well, be an idiot to say no like just it's like a trial isn't it <laughs> like <laughs> so I took it and then when it was tiny, I'd get it out of the cage with a coat hanger. Like, and as soon as it come out, it was chill. And then when I went on tour and I'd be gone for like a week and I'd come back and like, I'd go to get it out. It'd become like, get the fuck out. Where have you been? Get the fuck out of my pen. Like, yo, it was the most evil little thing. I couldn't get anyone to have it. I was trying to, t- I was telling people to just come and collect it. And they're like, ah, I don't want it. So I just took it to a snake shop and they kept it. They were like, yeah, we'll take it off you. I was like, thank. And you could tell the guy hated me who took it. And I was like, look, if you don't take it, I'm going to have to let this thing go in the park. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's so deep. (laughs) Oh my God. This thing cannot stay in my, like, because I was moving in it. I was leaving my flat and moving like into the place we bought. I was like, I'm not taking it. It needs to go. It's the devil. It's pink and pretty, but it's evil. This this one's vicious as well. She's, uh, yeah. She's a nasty piece of work compared to the bigger ones. Evil. Evil but yeah, but where was I? We were talking about like penguins. Yeah. And, and so, penguins. yeah, just watching documentaries and just learning stupid things about penguins. There's one called a rock hopper. And I feel like a rock hopper would have been just that as the name rock hopper would have been gangster, but it's too late. Yeah. But you've already been named <laughs> Emperor Penguin. <laughs> nice. I'm sticking with it. And yeah, so that's that. That's, Basically, the story was like that short, but yeah, we got into like a nice it. conversation about, about snakes. snakes. Yeah, it's okay. Um, 
I've, I've, I was meant to talk, bring this up and I completely forgot. So I was so happy to see your ugly face. Um, with um, when you were younger, talk us, talk me through the talk us through the brain damage thing. Because like from what I remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, you your mum was told Carol Dactyl was told that you would probably never be able to like walk again. And you know, you, uh, you there was all, a possibility like, co- coordination wise within like balance, not within like your legs didn't work but like coordination wise, right? Yeah. So I had encephalitis, which is basically where you have swelling on the brain from an infection. Mm. It can happen from anything. It's quite rare, but um, it can happen. Literally you can have a cold and it can happen. Um, All it needs is for the infections to get into the brain. Um, And I was quite lucky in the fact that it hit the part of the brain. Don't ask me any scientific terms here, not coming out. Mm. Part of the brain that, controls your coordination that's all i've got in terms of how it affected me and so because there's a lot of people that it affects a lot worse Mm. you know like the other part of their brain you know the stuff that you know controls their memories things yeah it can be it can be really bad yeah um and i was sort of touch and go at one point like comatose for a couple of days i like actually in a coma Mm. Uh, for a couple of days how old are you seven fuck and it was touch and go like 50 50 Mm. um but then i woke up and i just sort of i my my mom always tells me the story of how i like apparently she was i wanted to go to the toilet and she was like let me help you and i was like nah and i was sort of clambering up the wall to get to the toilet because i couldn't walk properly or balance i had no balance and stuff like that um but i was determined to do it so i think being quite i'm quite a determined person Mm. and so having that determination helped me sort of get through that because i was like no i'm not i'm not stopping here Mm. like this isn't the end of the line you know and so my mum i she was she was told by maybe the doctor that something like um trampolining because it's an uneven ground was good for coordination also playing the piano um because you're the the things that are furthest away from your brain like your fingertips and your toes are the things that take the longest to get your coordination back mm. so i was like trampolining obviously when you're jumping you're using your feet and when you're playing the piano you're using your fingers mm. so i was sent to those to sort of get my coordination back and it gave me coordination coordination tenfold like it really helped with that yeah. so yeah that's that's basically what happened yeah that's nuts and then then you with trampolining you got to the british squad right or um british cluster squad was sort of like the they started to feed people out of the national squad so like the welsh squad that was the, i was in the welsh squad um, and then they would feed people into the cluster squad that was, it was more the top 10 from each age category mm. that they were then going to train towards future Olympics and potential mm. like British squad members. So the British cluster squad is what it was. Um, and so I was in that and I was there for a few months and then I just quit. How, what made you quit? Because you, you're like, you were so fucking dope. Like, just the, the freedom of dance. Like, after doing 
seven or eight years of trampolining, like six of it, five, six of it, like competitive, it's really intense. Mm. And when I started to break and train, I started to be like, you know, I really enjoyed doing this. And I was still trampolining for a couple of years doing that because mm. I wasn't taking it too seriously. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I joined the Red Dragon Dancers, yes, Fahrenheit, yes, <laughs> um, representing Red Dragon FM in Wales. Uh, yeah, what's and this is where point? this is where I met you. Uh, and at that point, I, so I met King, and then I quit trampolining. So it's your issue. It's you. It's you. You're fault. the reason. <laughs> You're the reason I quit trampolining. There you uh, go. If, if I'd known that, I probably would have told you to stay. <laughs> I mean, there was a point in my career where I was potentially better at trampolining than I ever was at dancing. So, yeah, but I just, yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. It was too intense. I, I wanted to get. Oh, you know how we used to. Stay? You said about the trampoline in the back garden with the floodlight. How we'd go out there and just do stupid like moves and mm. out there, I'd be creating or trying to create new flips, new tricks. Yeah, like, it's like I guess with trampolining, it's very much like regimented. Like this is what yeah. you're doing. Practice. And I wasn't flip. allowed to play games. Like we got banned from playing games within the squad. Like we weren't allowed to basically have fun whatsoever. And I think fun is a huge part of improvement. Mm. And so it just got to the point where I was just bored of just going there and just running my my stuff over and over again with no fun, no silliness. Maybe we do it once a year, like at Christmas. We do yeah. some, but it, it's like ballet. <laughs> it's like ballet. That's what ballet was to me. Always standing at the bar and doing the same exercises again. Mm. You know and I mean? just no room for that. You know, some people are really creative people. I'd like to think of myself as one of them. Um, and it's just there's no room for that creativity, for that fun. Mm. If you see what the, um, have you seen the garden? trampoline and stuff that's no. all over instagram no so a guy called greg rowe was like an ex-olympian um from canada i think he won maybe the olympics I don't know, but he's ridiculous mm. he does he set up like a sort of garden trampoline competition oh, and sick. these kids are doing moves that no one could ever imagine were even possible on a garden trampoline oh wow i'm gonna look at it on instagram in a minute like breaking world records, like doing uh, kaboom where you jump on your back and you whack your legs into trampoline and you go over backwards. Then if you remember kaboom, yeah, kaboom. I, can do, I can do that. And I think he hit like six or seven Fuck. Uh, back tucks off it. And so he set up this competition for these kids who were just pulling out these impossible moves. But they were only doing that because they're sort of like having fun and one up in each other each time mm. rather than being on your trampoline, pointed toes, straight bags. Everything is like, uh, this is boring now. And it just mm. took me to breaking, really. Makes sense. Mad. What a what a full circle. From that mm. that's that's one of my favorite things. And I, I should, probably should have spoke about it at the beginning, but I think because I know it, it's like I forget to ask it, maybe. But like when I always think like, fuck, like you've gone from being told, you know you're not going to have coordination to being probably the most coordinated person I know. 
do you know what I mean? Like, it's just funny, isn't it? Like, it's like, well, actually, the complete opposite had happened. And maybe if that thing hadn't happened to you as a kid, you'd probably just, like, be delivering newspapers in Cumbrian right now. Or, like, playing rugby, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you'd be doing something probably less creative that requires less coordination. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, now you do flips with your head, like, an inch from the floor. And, like... <laughs> Do you remember what you say about being the most coordinated? Do you not remember this, the, the groove? Yeah, I remember the groove that you couldn't get that down. The Carlton. You couldn't do a Carlton. <laughs> I was doing it the wrong way. Leading with the neck. <laughs> oh, my God. It was at this moment where everyone's doing a groove and it comes around to this, my turn, and I just... Oh, I was so <laughs> embarrassing. I just got it completely wrong. Um, oh... <sighs> Oh, madness, bro. Madness. So I ask every dancer this. I'm intrigued to hear your answer because it's going to be probably very different to everyone else's. Um, oh, you'll like the question, though, because you're a gimp. If aliens came from space. <laughs> 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 See, you already like it, right? And, and the weeb comes out. Yeah. Like the anime geek yeah. mode. Um, if yeah. aliens came from space and they got their laser gun out, and aimed right. at you. Yeah. Is that a name for this laser gun? You want to name it? Um, we're going to take, it's going to take too long. Let's okay. go. The- okay. So they get their laser gun out and they aim it at you, B Boy Penguin. <laughs> and they say, B Boy Penguin, you have to give us one dancer to represent Earth. And if they're shit, I'm going to blast you all and you're all going to get COVID and disappear. Yeah, but if you give them a good person and it passes the test, we all live and go back to normal. But you have to give one dancer. It can be alive, dead, any genre of dance, but you have to give one person who represents dance to be like, that's going to save us. It could be breaking, it could be ballet, it can be fucking line Oh, that is a hard one. Yeah. You only got one, though. That's Pete. One. And I, I can't, I can only say one right now. Yeah, yeah. You can't send Cloud. two off. Huh? Cloud. Nice. It's got to be Cloud. Solid, solid choice. Just for the steez, man. It's got to be Cloud. Got to be Cloud. Accomplished he, everything. And he's a b-boy that sort of registers with the, the, the public as well. They, they understand him. Yeah, and he's got more flavour than even doing a two-step than anyone who two-steps. Like, mm. he's a visionary. Nagin was a close second because of Ooh, how explosive he is. Nice. And he's a dope house dancer. Exactly. That's why I was, I was struggling with that one. But but I, I'll, I accept both. But Cloud, I believe we might be safe. Yeah, I think so. Mm. If I could have picked, like, uh, like, a duo, then maybe. And, you know, I would have put Nicholas Brothers in it. Nice. The tap dancers, because ridiculous. Yeah, I'm just thinking of people that you know people would watch. Yeah, but I, no. I would choose. I would choose Cloud. Like I think, I think in like 30 years time, people are going to look back at Cloud like we look at the Nicholas Brothers and like we mm-hmm. look at like the OGs of dance, like Fred Astaire and stuff. One day people will go Cloud. Mm. I think they're already doing it. Yeah. Like it's already starting, people know him. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame, isn't it? Like, he's kind of it seems like 
he's kind of left the dance world and gone into like the directing kind of world, which is like a blessing because we're going to get to see amazing, incredible stuff. But I feel like I'm sad because I don't get to watch him dance as much. Mm, yeah. You know, I was mad when he didn't even like battling. Like there was a thing where he wrote on his Instagram about not, you know, battling isn't really his like thing. Mm like anymore and he never really felt like he super enjoyed it i can't remember i'm not going to quote him word for word so don't mm. hold me to that but it was when he posted about red bull bc1 mm. man didn't even enjoy battling and yet got to the final of red bull bc1 and nearly won it mad it's because he's so fucking fresh and what's what i love about him is it's like he doesn't even do the most complicated moves no just straight steez man it's all flavor all flavor all flavor who's your favorite b-boy Like, do you have um, a, do you have a favorite? I have I know, multiple I know you, favorites for different reasons. I know you used to it used to be Venom back in the day. Yeah, Venom was a huge inspiration. Ivan and then as well. and then I told you in it. I think I told you before. Like, it was nuts that Venom was your favorite. And then when I lived in LA, I was training in twenty four hour gym, and this little guy started talking to me about train about like lifting weights. And then we were like just chatting. We went in the sauna. That sounds really gay. But we were in the sauna and like we we're just chatting and he was like, I'm a B-boy. I was like, oh, sick. I was like, oh, like my, I break dance, like, you know, talk about kind of dance life. And he was like, yeah, I'm part of a skill methods. And I was like, huh? I was like, what's your name? Oh, oh shit. Yeah. I was, like, huh? I was like, huh? What's your name? He's like, oh, my B-boy name's Venom. And I was like, oh, you have the That's best swipes in the world. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's mad yeah I don't, I don't think you ever told me that story you know bro honestly i see him all the time at the gym he'd be like yo you want to train so he's trying to get wham because he's like four foot two <laughs> they this like this small in it yeah he's trying to get wham though he was when skill reference wham. came to uk champ so they did it as um endangered species and we were there um yeah they were short man i, I told you about the time i met twix is Twix short? No, 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 he's tall. I thought so. I've never met Twix, but nah, Twix so, looks tall. So obviously Twix is like one of my favorites. He's like my top yes, three. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, that itch and scratch set from R16 will forever yep. be like my favorite. Because to me, it was all about, the, again, the steez, the musicality. Like it wasn't about his moves. It was about like just pure but He's just so explosive. Man. So explosive. His blow-ups are insane, but he danced as well. And that's what I used yeah. to like. So I felt like it was kind of relatable. Not that I was explosive or blowers, but the dancing bit. Um, and I remember doing a, a show at World of Dance for this artist. And one of the dancers, Larissa, was his ex at the time. She's like, oh, my boyfriend JD's coming. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, don't think anything of it. And it's like, you're at World of Dance. There's dancers everywhere. And he comes over and I look at this guy and he's got like a black leather jacket on with it like uh, a hoodie underneath it, like kind of zipped up like halfway and then a T-shirt under it. And I'm looking at this guy thinking, I really recognize him jd i don't know anyone called jd though like this is so weird like how would i know him and then she was like oh he's, he's a he's a b-boy and i was like oh okay cool like you know you just don't put two and two together and you're just like cool whatever um and then he undid his jumper because it was boiling here in la and i saw he had the um, t-shirt saying massive monkeys and right. it, looked, it looked like the um run dmc logo but it said massive monkeys and i was like JD. I was like, you, you massive monkeys. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I'm JD. I was like, oh, cool. Nice to meet you, bro. And then we're talking a little bit more. And Joe ended like all the stars align in your head. And I'm like, oh, 
that's Twix. And bro, I went from being like the really cool like dancer to like pure fanboy. Like, <laughs> I was starstruck of it. Bro, I was pure fanboy. And I was like, uh, I still tell him now, and when I speak to him, I'm like, yo, you're my favorite. Like that uh, <laughs> itch and scratch set, like forever down in my favorites, best sets I've ever seen. Like, a like, proper fanboy. And then one time I went to train with him in his apartment downstairs. And you know how you B boys train for like nine hours. And I went, I did a half hour. I was like, yo, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it was just a warm up. Like, he's like, we're just warming up, bro. He's like, we've done like some freezes. I was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Peace, bro. It was, not, it was nice hanging with you. I was like, I ain't got, I'm not this B boy mentality life. That was but the yeah, pre warm up. Yeah. That comes before the warm up. That comes yeah. before the pre pre workout. Yeah, bro. I remember that pure fanboy and thinking, wow, like these people I used to watch when I was a little kid. No, it is mad. The same sort of happened to me in um, when I met Ivan, and that happened like quite recently. Mm. Like I was Which out Ivan? in Urban Action Figure, Urban like, Action, the real one. But the other one's flips, isn't it? I had yeah. to change my name. I had to change my name because the other one. Yeah, but I always used to get him confused. And then I was like, but which one do I mean? Oh, I mean, urban action figure, Ivan. That's when yeah. I say Ivan. That's I, I call thing. it like Ivan and flips. Yeah, just, that's the, yeah. But that's how I think of Ivan is that's urban action figure. And then yeah. the other one I didn't at first for a long time. I thought it was the same person. But yeah, he was, he was, it's not like I didn't recognize him. I just like saw him and I was like, oh shit, it's Ivan. And he was like hosting. Um, we were in, where were we? It was in America. Denver, Colorado, I think it was for best city we, ever. Yeah, bro, what an amazing city. We were doing Vice there. Um, again, shout out to Quayley giving me these opportunities to go around the world and do this amazing show. And so we're doing Vice, and we're out there with the Ruggeds as well. And they're doing their show Adrenaline mm. in the second half of the Breaking Convention show. And Ivan's hosting the show with Jonesy. Sick. And um. There's a bit where the, the whole thing starts and there's like drum and bass and everything like that. And they're just going off the rugged, like doing moves like mad 1.5 flips all over the shot. They're running everywhere and it's just like a lunatic moment uh, to start the show. So Ivan just joined in. <laughs> and just flipped, off, flipped off the stage and everything. He was like, it was just the rockets, and the music started. Then he just started flipping and doing this, and I was like, "Yeah, it's Ivan." Was, yeah. yeah, I met him. I met him backstage, and I was basically just like, went full fanboy mode. That because uh, I I grew up like DAJ said to me like back in Wales, he gave me the Ivan DVD. Yeah, and he said, the best one. Watch, <laughs> watch that a hundred times. Yeah, break like him. <laughs> so like he's like my like I was like. What, 14 then 15 max so still young still learning still a little bit of a buyer and i was just like yes ivan is the guy the freshest so, yeah man that's madness well bro anything got anything you're coming up that you want to plug you want people to go to is there any open classes they can go to to come and learn to break from b-boy penguin um right now there's not any classes, but there will be some classes soon, some open classes starting up. So as soon as they are, they will be on my Instagram. So I'll be promoting them. So please check that out and stay tuned. Um, on the so, IG. Yeah, on the IG, Recklessly1. Uh, in terms of 
competitions, battles, and stuff like that. I'm doing some stuff with Bird Gang, a competition called Six Corners. So come down and check that out. That's going to be pretty mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Um, penguin. I don't know what what noise a penguin make. Um, I swear it's just some sort of like, <coughs> yeah, <coughs> pingu in it. Yeah. There we go. That's there the noise go. that the penguin makes. Yeah. Is, yeah. I'm not going to make that noise. He always goes, hello, bat. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a right to war? But can you win Mel? <laughs> no. Oh, fuck off then. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, just, just keep an eye out for things. There's a, there's a lot of stuff coming up. I've, I've been creating some shows, as mentioned here with the Hatchwork with Bird Gang. So there's going to be, um, yeah, some shows coming out. So keep an eye out again on IG. And when they're out, please come and support. Be awesome. Thank you for listening to the Internet's podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends and family. One love. Peace. The Internet's podcast with your host, Kane Silver.